0: Because great leaders will produce great results.
1: All right, well, welcome to our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners. Excited and and thrilled that you'd be able to join us today. And, And I love these because even though we can't see each other, imagine ourselves sitting across from each other and having a conversation. Now this morning, it's a beautiful day as I'm looking out the window in Utah, a little bit cloudy, uh, but just a beautiful day. Spring's in the air, a lot of exciting things happening. So wherever you're at in the world, I hope you're having a great day and that this podcast might be able to add to your day just a little bit. And this podcast is going to be focused on some secrets to help you build wealth. And this is actually a key part of becoming your best because financially, if a person is strapped for finances and they're barely able to get by... It's really difficult to focus on other areas of your life, you know, personal, your relationships. Uh, And we'd say that, you know, money's not where happiness lies, but there certainly is a a threshold where if you're below that threshold, then it can become a much more difficult and stressful part of your life. And so, first of all, think about how you view money. How do you view money? Because my personal opinion is that money is a magnifier. (laughs) And it'll simply magnify who we already are. You know, some people say, you know, once I have money, I'll do all these things. Well, what I've found in my experience is that that's not the case if they're not already doing them when they don't have the money. So what is your intent and purpose? If you were to have $50 million right now, what would you do with that? And a lot of us say, well, we'd give it away. Well, are you currently doing that right now? So how do you use money? Because how you use it now will be a reflection of how you use it when you have more of it. So what is your motivation with money? And and part of the reason for this podcast and helping you develop ideas on how to build your wealth is to put you in a position to where you're able to focus on you and your family relationships and then turn around and help others in the process. And I read an interesting study that was done about a year ago. And whether it's this exact number or not, it's in the ballpark and the spirit is pretty close here. And they found that on average, once a family reaches an income of around $70,000 in a year that at that point they have their basic needs met and the level of happiness doesn't go up dramatically anymore from that point based upon the money in other words the source of happiness comes from other places outside the money when you're below that $70,000 threshold then money still is a big deal i mean there's a high level of stress that come into your life if you don't have the ability to make a car payment or you're not able to meet a student loan payment or all of these other things and so I think what I'm saying here is that there's a threshold that when a person crosses that threshold, the finances are not the number one priority anymore. You have your basic needs met. If you're not meeting your basic needs, there's a high level of stress that can come into your life and into your relationships. So the first intent is how do you meet those basic needs? And then the second part of this is then how do you achieve your financial dreams wherever you are today? And, and that basic level that we're talking about can be all-consuming of your time and attention if you're below it, and it allows you to have a freedom of time and energy once you're above it. So how do you not only hit that line, but then surpass it? I'm going to share with you just a few tips that have not only helped me, but I know have helped thousands of other people if you have the time and discipline to do them. And the first one is not going to be a surprise. You've heard us, if you listen to these podcasts, say this over and over, and that is to read often. Now, there's a lot of books out there. There's millions of books. Go look at Amazon and see how many books are written on Amazon and available for sale. There are millions of them. So it's not just reading, because if you learn incorrect knowledge, that just accelerates the failure rate. <laughs> so you want to learn from those who are teaching correct knowledge. Let me give you an example of a book that you need to read. If you haven't read this book, I'm saying that as about as boldly as I can. You need to read this book as it applies to your finances. And that is The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a simple, quick book, and will teach you some basic fundamental principles on how to manage your money and what sets apart those who have achieved their financial dreams and why certain people haven't. And anyone can do it who has the right knowledge and the discipline to do so. Now, why this particular... Item first of read often. Why would I share this? What we have found is that successful leaders are readers. And this is mind boggling, but 43% of college graduates will never read another book the rest of their life. (laughs) And I used to not believe that. I used to say, no way. But in our seminars, I'll ask, you know, how many people have read a book in the last year? How many people have read a book since you graduated? And that statistic is actually very close. 80% of homes in the United States did not invest in a single book last year. And this is one of the habits that sets apart highly successful leaders from everyone else is they feed the mind. You know, when we get hungry, we eat. <laughs> the brain is no different. When we read, when we engage in activities like that, whether it's an audiobook or the physical act of reading, something engages the brain. Uh, we have a coaching client, incredible friend, Danny Brazil that can talk about this, uh, I mean, until, and he'll just expand your mind. Go look up Danny Brazil. You'll find him out there. He's, he's written a book that talks about reading and the impact it can have in your life and families. And this is one of the habits that will set you apart from everyone else. Elon Musk reads on average one to two books a day. There is a reason that Elon is Elon. So that's number one. And if you haven't read Richest Man in Babylon, that book specifically, I'm inviting you to go read in the next two two weeks and apply some of the principles that you learn in that book into your life. The second is to tithe 10% of your income. It doesn't matter where you give that. The point is develop the habit now of giving back. So whether you give to a church, a charity, a cause that helps others, there's something that comes when you give back to others. And that's why I said early on, money is simply a magnifier. If a person is greedy now and they're always saying, you know, I'll give once I have, but they're not giving even a little bit now, nothing really changes. If a person is able to give, even if it's a small amount, money magnifies the ability to do that. So if you develop the habit now of giving 10% of your income to someone or a cause or a charity or church, you've already developed that habit and you're putting someone else ahead of yourself and money doesn't become the central focus, meaning it's not all about you. You know, there's a great scripture, whether you believe the Bible or not, I love this scripture in Malachi. There's this promise and it says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I've been living this principle for more than 30 years and can tell you there's a huge power when you donate 10% of your income to either a church or a charity or a cause that helps other people. Try it and see for yourself. And whether you believe it or not, <laughs> take the Lord up on this promise and prove Him. Give and see what happens when you do. Number three is just like you're going to take 10% and give to someone else, a church, a charity, or a cause. Now, when you have income that comes in, set aside 10% for yourself. We're going to call this a vault or a guilt. What you want to start do is growing this vault, this guilt you're not going to use this. This is untouchable. (laughs) Unless you're in the most dire straits of an emergency, you do not get into your vault or your guilt. Don't touch it. 66% of millennials don't have more than one month of savings if hard times were to hit. So imagine the impact with that statistic if we were to have a serious financial setback in our country. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, because if you look at the cycles, there will be periods of high economic growth, as well as recession that are very predictable. You don't always get into this high growth mode that we've been in now for quite a few years. So how are you preparing for that? Well, this is one of the habits that you're going to read about in The Richest Man in Babylon. Pay yourself 10% first. Now, why will this work? Maybe you've heard this adage that says that our expenses will rise to meet our income. That is exactly right. You take 10% out and you find a way to still make it work. And now you start building your gelt, your vault. You know, there's this book called The Millionaire Next Door. And most people are playing this game of keeping up with the Joneses. And even when they appear to have all this money, if hard times were to hit, they are leveraged so highly in a mortgage and car payments and country club payments that they would be hit just as hard as anyone else who doesn't have savings because they haven't built this guilt or this vault that we're talking about. If you develop this habit, especially early on, it will put you in an incredibly good financial position, especially in your thirties, forties and fifties down the road. So I would invite you to commit if you're not already doing it to pay yourself 10% or more, and then watch what happens, how you will still be able to meet your obligations. This is a discipline of an effort. So really what I've asked you to do is take 20% off the top, 10% to tithe to someone else, an organization, a charity, and paying yourself 10% or more to build your vault or your guilt and watch as it starts to increase there's a feeling that comes into you imagine looking at your account and it just continues to grow every month and pretty soon that becomes exponential and it starts to compound and uh, (laughs) the richest man in Babylon talks about feeding your children and then watching your children have children and grow and that's what happens as you start to grow your vault and your guilt those are your initial financial children and then they're going to go out and grow interest and they start to have children and that's how suddenly it starts to become exponential over time. So that's the third one. Number four is to invest in yourself. You know, if you've ever heard of Famous Dave's Barbecue, I'll never forget when I had the chance to talk with him. He said, you know what my secret to success is? His comment was that he had been investing in himself since he was 20 years old, that he considers himself and his brain the most important asset that he has. Now that's fascinating that he would say that. And since meeting him and hearing him say that, I've noticed that pattern over and over in some of the most successful people as they invest in themselves. Look at Michael Jordan. He couldn't have done what he did alone. He had an offensive coach, a dribbling coach. He invested in someone who could help him take the blinders off and see what he couldn't see. And so think about this. This is a small ask of you. I would ask you to consider investing at least 3% of your income back into yourself. Now that just may be starting out, and that may not really give you more than just the amount that you need to buy some books or invest in some books. If you're doing pretty well right now, then that gives you the ability to attend a conference or invest in a coach. So it really depends on where you're at, but being disciplined about setting aside 3% of your income to invest back into yourself. Let me just give you an example of this. It was probably 10 years ago, while I was a fighter pilot in the Air Force, and we were doing okay, you know, but we weren't that far over the 70,000 mark. So we were getting by, but you could say we were pretty tight. I invested in a money management course from a friend named Gary. At that time in my life, I didn't have any idea what to do with money when it came in. If it came in, I'd say, well, I don't know. I guess I just put it in a savings account. (laughs) I didn't know how to trade it. I didn't know how to invest in it. I didn't know anything about a vault. I just didn't know how to take care of money. And, you know, I know there's a lot of good financial managers out there, but there's also a lot of horror stories about investing with someone that has no idea how to handle money, even though they're a financial manager. And so I said, you know what? I don't like this feeling. I want to go out and take control of my money. Someone told me about this friend, Gary. And I said, sounds like a great course. I'll try it. I had already started living this principle of investing in myself. Now, this added up. Remember, I didn't have a lot of money to do this. It took some discipline, some savings, and over the course of about a year and a half, I invested $17,000, and it was probably nearly equivalent to as much time as I put into my MBA at Colorado State over the course of a year and a half. There were a lot of hours and effort, and now there is a total transformation. If I would have had the knowledge that I currently have when I was 20 years old, Oh, <laughs> I can only imagine you know, where we would be financially. That's the point, is the earlier that you can start on this, the better. And I mean investing in yourself to get the right knowledge. When money comes in now, no matter where it comes from, I have a very specific plan. Uh, there's a vault side of it. There's a less aggressive area where I handle my money. And there's a fairly aggressive investing and trading and some options and things like that. I have very specific rules, very specific plan. And it has been amazing to see what's happened to that growth over the course of just a few years. That small investment myself, and I say small because $17,000 at the time felt like a lot, and it is a lot. It has returned a huge amount compared to what was invested. So that begs the question, in my life what would have happened had I not invested in myself in that conference and said there's no way I can do that? Well I would be in the same exact situation now that I was 10 to 12 years ago. So number one One, think about how you're going to invest in yourself this year. How many conferences will you attend? There are some that have a much lower price entry point than others. There should be at least one conference on your calendar. If not, here's a bold statement. You're selling yourself short. How are you going to develop your mind this year? You know, if you have kids at home, work something out with your husband or with your spouse, whoever's staying with the children. Find a way to go together if you can. Uh, If not, one person can stay with the children. You can still find a way to do it, if you have the desire and the discipline to do so. So the question is, what conferences will you attend this year? How are you going to invest that money? It only takes one idea to catapult you to be successful. And where are you going to get that idea? So that's the fourth one is to invest in yourself. You start investing in books, in courses, in conferences, in a coach, depending on where you're at. The fifth is to snowball your debt. This is one of the things that's killing us in the United States and really throughout the world, but particularly in the United States, and that is consumer debt. People are so strapped with credit card debt. They're strapped with financial debt that came from college, and there's just so much debt, and it's weighing people down, and it puts them in a position where it's very difficult to swim out of that, even as a nation. I mean, look at the debt that our nation has taken upon us right now, and imagine if that was applied to an individual. Well, how do you get out from underneath that pile? Because as soon as you can become debt-free... You go back and talk about your guilt and your vault, man, now you can really start to accelerate the growth in your vault and building that guilt uh, for your long-term sustainability. So what's a way to do this? Now, there are different thoughts on this, but I like this one that I'm going to share with you because it's simple. Anyone can do this. And that is, if you have multiple credit cards, take the credit card that has the lowest amount that you're owing on it, meet the minimum payment on the other credit cards, and focus all of your time and energy on that lowest total payment until it's paid off. Once you pay off that credit card, cut it up. (laughs) It's gone from that point forward. And now take all the money that you were putting towards that credit card and put it towards the next lowest credit card. And repeat that process until you're down to one credit card. Now some would say cut up all your credit cards. Don't ever use them. I would, for my personal preference, have one credit card. There are times where cash just simply doesn't work in certain scenarios. Uh, Others would say cut up all your credit cards. So you can do what is best for you. If you don't have the discipline to control spending with a credit card, then I would opt towards the side that says cut them all up. (laughs) If you have a budget and a discipline with one credit card, then my feeling is it's good to have one credit card uh, for certain scenarios. That's how you snowball your debt, though. Think about as a, visualize in your mind a snowball starting at the top of the mountain and rolling down the mountain. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's exactly what happens. So you start with that lowest amount on your credit card, then you go to your next credit card, then your next credit card. You're taking all of that money you've been putting towards those credit cards and the snowball is getting bigger and bigger so you're paying them off quicker and quicker. Now what happens once they're paid off? You take that same amount that you've been putting towards all those credit card payments, now you can put it towards your mortgage. Or if you have student debt, put it towards your student debt, your next lowest loan. Get that one paid off. And then you get to the point where your mortgage is paid off and everything that you've been using to pay off that debt now goes towards your vault. And imagine the snowball and the acceleration of your growth as you work towards achieving your financial dreams when you take that approach. Now that requires a level of discipline that a lot of people may not be willing to commit to. This is, those, this is for those serious about success. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know you're serious about your success. So you can do this. I have total confidence that you can do this. And just imagine this. How would it feel to be totally debt-free to wake up in the morning and not owe a single penny to anyone? And not only that, but to know that you have enough money in your account to cover you and your family if things got difficult and that you wouldn't have to be subject to anyone and no one would be coming to your door collecting a debt. It is possible and I know you can do it. And the last one that I wanted to share with you on this podcast is if you haven't achieved your financial dreams already, make a budget until you get there. Yes, (laughs) it's a pain. It takes work. There's no doubt about it. It's what will allow you to get that 10% for tithing, to pay yourself 10% first, to invest 3% back into yourself. You do all that through a budget. And if you don't, your expenditures are automatically going to rise to meet your income, no matter what you make. It's not going to change when you make a million dollars. Expenditures can easily rise to meet a million dollar income. No problem. So right now I'm being disciplined about that. Develop a budget. How are you going to donate 10%? How are you going to pay yourself 10%? At least. How are you going to begin to snowball your debt? Figure out the plan and then you're planning to succeed. So those are simple tips that anyone can do if they have the desire and the discipline. The first one, just to summarize, is to read often. At least a book a month. Be disciplined about this and start with The Richest Man in Babylon if you haven't read that. Great, great book on how to take care of your finances. The second is to tithe 10% of your income. Find a way to give back towards a cause, a charity, a church, and, and test this. See how it works for you. The third is to pay yourself 10% or more. This becomes an absolute line in the sand, untouchable money that goes into building your vault and developing a guilt that will sustain you through anything that may come your way. The fourth is to invest in yourself at a minimum 3% of your income. Start out with something small if you need to, books, courses that you can get online, and then start to expand as you're able to. There should be at least one conference on your calendar for this year that will help you be better in some form or capacity. And then as it expands out, that 3% becomes a bigger number. Invest in a coach, an executive coach, a personal coach, someone that can help keep you on track and accelerate that growth. The fifth is to snowball your debt. Start with that lowest credit card and work your way up until all debt is paid off. And the last is to make a budget until you're there. (laughs) So I hope this has been helpful for you. You know, this is, it's it's borderline epidemic in our society. When 66% of millennials don't have enough money in their savings account to cover just one month, this is a huge deal and in the spirit of becoming your best it's so much easier to have a great relationship with a spouse and with your children where you're not financially burdened down and always wondering how you're going to make that next payment and these are a few tips that i know can have an impact in your life and helping you get to the point where you're achieving your financial dreams now specifically if you're looking for a conference to, t- to attend you've heard us talk about the breakthrough leadership conference there's one in april there's one in october if you want to put yourself on the fast track, this is not a pitch fest. This is not one of those conferences that you attend and you feel like you're getting all these programs tossed at you to invest in or to buy to opt into. This is two days of content focused on you, your team, and your relationships, helping you truly become your best. And the financial aspect is a very critical aspect to you becoming what you would consider successful in your life so that you have the time and the freedom to do some of these other things that I'm sure that you want to do. So I hope this has been helpful to you. Wishing you a fabulous day wherever you are in the world and always remember that one person can make a
0: difference. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family or in your organization Or visit becomingyourbest.com today.